Welcome back to Open House with Mark Sewick and Corey James Moran, brought to you by the Mark Sewick team at Keller Williams Realty, a Greater Rochester Real Estate Podcast, episode twenty-two. Here we are. All right, how you doing, Corey? Doing great. We do have another guest. Uh, we we managed to get someone back in with us. Thank God, because I know. as Marissa says. Yes. Our social media coordinator, Marissa, says that it's always better when there's at least three of us. And inherent in that comment yes, and that yes. statement is that, well, without anybody else present. Right. The less we, we talk, the better the product <laughs> will exactly. be. Uh, so Mark Gunther has joined us. No pressure. No, no. no. You're going to do fine. Lean on in there. Um, we'll get to know you here in a second, uh, but we do have a few things to get to, as always. A little housekeeping in order here. Um, as always, we encourage you to go and listen to the previous podcast. Uh, last week, we ended our very long mini-series in how to prepare your home for the market. Is with... it an oxymoron? A very long mini? Yes. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah, probably, it, yeah, probably a bit of an oxymoron. I'm, but, I'm but keeping it. Let's go with it. Yeah, I'm, let's run with it. I think yeah, it sounds catchy. It, yeah. You know what? It caught your attention. Uh, it, it did. And it that's did. all that matters. <laughs> so, yes, we had a, a series on how to prepare your home for the market, and we dug into uh, remodeling, some bigger remodeling jobs, and how that can really help. And you saw what happened today. New York Times. Mm-hmm. The New York Times ran an article on preparing your house for market. And what did they speak about? Exterior um, exterior doors and yeah, all that. Yeah. I don't want to. clearly. Well, go ahead. No. I don't want to say that whoever is writing for the New York Times <laughs> is listening to the podcast. But I'm also going to say that I can't confirm they're not listening. I, it, it seemed a bit suspicious. It, it, a little it, bit. It, it did. The so, timing? Yeah. yeah a tad yeah, odd. Very odd. So uh, check that out. Make sure you, as always, subscribe, review. Uh, it helps the podcast grow. Um, let's get an update here as far as the local market. Okay. Um, and it's been a bit of a jump up, which again, sure. I love when we're right. It's, it's so much better when we're right. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> right. We were anticipating that things would pick back up after we got through Labor Day. So uh, as of the recording of this podcast, from Monroe County, there's 576 okay. current active listings. That's up from 514 last week. So okay. nice healthy little jump. Yep. And then from the Sixth County region, uh, we're at 1019, which I believe is the most that we've we, had. That, that is right? absolutely. Wow. So we've like broken 1,000 again. I think 1,011 was like yeah, the, the yeah. highest before. Wow. Okay. And that is up from 942. But, but and we, we probably don't want to dive too much into this uh, at the moment, but terrific, there are more listings, but we're all sensing the market is changing. It is. Uh, it, it really is. I had a offer accepted yesterday, and there was only two bids. Th- that's that's remar- remarkable. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I had a $225,000 property in Penfield, starter home, you know, older roof, older furnace, you know, wasn't it? But it's a $225,000 property in Penfield, six showings, not a single offer. Really? That's astounding. There, there are any number of these other properties. But, but Mark Crandall from our team listed a property on Berkeley in the city, $650,000, sold $70,000 over asking with yeah, multiple. So we're speculating. We're going to have to dive into this over the course of the next few weeks as more data becomes available. But we're speculating that the market is bifurcated, trifurcated, you know, uh, sliced and diced into a few different... Um, if, it's, if it's in really, really great condition... It still seems to be selling, uh, yeah. and this harkens back to you know just the drumbeat for twenty you know, for, for ten years. I would constantly say the same thing over and over and over again, and I'm wondering whether or not reverting we're reverting back to uh, a, a more traditional uh, means of conducting business. Seems so. like a great push to go back and listen to our "How to Prepare Your Home for the Market" uh, mini series oh, nice, of episodes. Nice segue. There, That's Corey. called a tie-in. You a tie-in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you, a um, recall, bring it back around. Wow, you know. you're you're a professional at this, aren't Something you? Something like that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so let's bring in our uh, our guest uh, officially here for the podcast because it's been a theme. If you've listened to any episodes, you've probably heard us talking about wanting to surround yourself with the proper 
advocates. And it really comes down to it's an army of people that helps these deals come together. Absolutely. Uh, but obviously a large, large role is played by the real estate attorney. Yep. And we have one right in here with us who helps us with a lot of our deals, Mark Gunther. Thanks, Corey. Nice to see you. I'm going to just, I'm sorry, but like, I've, how many decades have you and I been conducting business together? I mean, it's, it's been a thousand I think, years. I think we're on our third decade. I, now. I, wow, so look at that. I, honestly, like, okay. we've been working together, which means, I mean, you know, I have very, very little patience and very little tolerance for uh, <laughs> mediocrity. Yes. Um, clearly, Mark Gunther is doing something right that, that actually, after 20 some, almost 30 years, we're still working together. That's amazing. <laughs> It's amazing, and it's been a great run. So thank you for that, Mark. Yeah, um, he's only saying that because we refer so much damn business to him. So. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's still saying been, nice it's things. Been, it's okay. It's been thirty years of laughs, tears, <laughs> every possible emotion. Shouting. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. But, so, but at the end of the day, we can still laugh. We're still yes. friends. Yep. So that that bodes well. That says a lot. Absolutely. So, so you don't need to go through your whole resume, but certainly give us a little bit of background on you, just to familiarize yourself uh, with with our audience. I grew up here in Rochester, been practicing law for 30 years, and the bulk of my practice is real estate, both residential, commercial, representing buyers, sellers, lenders. But I would say the bulk of that work is representing buyers and sellers in residential deals. And and that gets into something that we've mentioned a time or two, Mark. Um, If you have to get your foot operated on. You're not going to your general practitioner. Nope. You're going to someone who specializes yeah. in pediatrics. Yeah. Or not pediatrics. What's the foot doctor? <clears throat> a podiatrist? Podiatrist. Yeah. Oh, oh, the yeah. other P one. <laughs> yes. um, so same, similar when it comes to an attorney. You want someone who is going to specialize in real estate. It, exactly. It, I don't claim to be an expert in many areas of the law because I've never practiced in those areas of law. People ask me about matrimonial. I don't know the first thing about matrimonial law. But I do real estate in probably tens of thousands, if not into the hundreds of thousands of deals. I'd like to think I've seen it all, but I'm still learning. You know, I don't think you can ever be the be-all and end-all in any area, but I'd like to think just by sheer staying power and what I've seen, I've learned a lot. Is that part of the draw of it, too? I know, I know you know, Mark, I think I can speak for you, too. Part of the, the fun for us is that every day is kind of different. Every day is different, and, and we're constantly having to learn. We're, mm-hmm. we're constantly having to react to what, and, and forecast, and, and prophesize what is, gonna, what is coming around the corner, and you're very, very good at that, so. It, it, it's certainly <clears throat> part of the draw. There, there's, you know, you're dealing with different transactions, different properties, different parameters, and, and I think most importantly, different personalities, and uh, that's one of the the challenges and benefits of, of doing this is dealing with the different people. All right, more, cha- more challenge or more benefit? Come on, be honest. Um, there's certainly benefits, but the challenge makes for good laughs. It, may, it makes for a good conversation over uh, yeah, several, I, I, several I, cocktails. I do need to point out that here, and you'll see this on video, actually. We, we have uh, Yabo, our videographer, is uh, recording. This is the very first <clears throat> video podcast. Uh, Mark uh, Gunther and Mark Sewick are sitting very close together, so everything Mark Gunther is going to say is going to be very nice. <laughs> uh, did, watch the right shoulder. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yes. So did want to get your take on the market. Again, any guests that we have come in, we, we want to see you know their thought. Uh, the word crazy usually comes comes to mind, insane, those sorts of things. Yeah, crazy would be a, a good, uh, go, good word to describe it. I would say I think we're backing off a little bit from the craziness that we've seen. I don't know if this current trend is here to stay or if it's going to get 
back to crazy in another couple weeks. You know, we're actually seeing deals come in where we don't have, you know, eight competing offers. We actually are seeing people put in uh, inspection contingencies. I'm sorry, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) So it's definitely, you know, definitely getting back to normal, but I would still say we're far from what we consider a normal market. And, and again, you forecasted, will it go back to normal? I, so my forecast was off. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll readily, I honestly thought that post Labor Day, boom, we were going to just be off and running again. And that all of the buyers who uh, were enjoying summer, uh, I, I thought they were going to come back to the market. I thought we were going to have just a deluge of buyers reentering the market and we we're going to be off and running and seeing 16 offers again. That doesn't seem to be playing out. No, no, but, but as Mark said, you know, it's still, we're only a week beyond the holiday at this point in time. Um, we've had the Jewish holidays in here. We just um, celebrated Rosh Hashanah and I think uh, Yom Kippur is this week. So, yeah. you know, who knows? And we had back to school just within the past week. So that, that, I, I think it's going to take a little bit of time. Well, yeah. you know, looking at those numbers, we are gearing back up. So I think when we record next week, it's going to be very interesting to see I, I agree, where we're at. Corey. Yeah. Um, so, so Mark, back to you. Which one? <laughs> Mark Gunther, back to you. <laughs> uh, again, our theme on, on the podcast is surrounding yourself with these advocates. Uh, get in a little bit to the role that the attorney plays. Because, again, I don't think this is necessarily something that most people would just know off the top of their head. And, and that's a fair question. I get that a, a lot, especially people that come in from out of town. They may be in uh, you know some awful state where they don't use attorneys <laughs> overseas. <laughs> real estate closings. Uh, but I like to think wherever you may be purchasing or selling, you're paying someone to facilitate the transaction. In New York State, being an attorney state, it's an attorney. And look, I'll be the first to admit I'm not always the world's biggest fan of attorneys, but I, I think a real estate attorney plays a critical role. And I think you get an added benefit because you're using an attorney. An attorney has practiced certain ethical standards that, say, a title company doesn't. And I think what you're saying is that in states that are not attorney states, real estate transactions are closed by? Title companies, yeah, correct. Yeah. Sorry. So, um, yes, yeah, so, so so there is definitely a difference. You know, people coming in from outside of the area, they always, uh, they're always complaining about the fact that, oh my God, you know, it's one more thing in New York State. We got to pay for attorneys. Right. Well, if you're not paying for an attorney in the state of New York, you're paying for an escrow agent in the state of Massachusetts. So. Correct. And like I said, the, the, the attorney as compared to the escrow agent is held to certain standards. If, um, you know, in, in some of these states, a title company goes out and commits some sort of fraud, they could reopen the next week under a different name. If I commit fraud, I'm out of business. So right. I, I think you know that's an added benefit, and you're paying for somebody to facilitate the transaction in any event. So, so, so can I break it down for us? What's the very because from my perspective, there are two very distinct absolutes that you are involved in. Um, one that occurs within five days of acceptance of the offer, and then one that occurs as we draw closer and nearer to closing. Um, so, so, so break that down for us if you would. Sure. Most of the time, the attorney gets involved in uh, reviewing the contract. So you have an accepted offer. It gets submitted by your agent to the attorney. The attorney's going to review it, make sure it's complete and, and everything checks out okay. There may be some tweaking of language in there, but uh, that's something we do. And I always call the client to review it with them and make sure they're in a good place and make sure they don't have any questions. 
especially in this market, a lot's getting thrown at them at the outset. So it's a good time to kind of have that second check and, you know, second bite of the apple, so to speak. Yep, yep. And then there's there's really, it's, it's, and we always talk to our clients about this, then it becomes very, very, very quiet for a long period of time. And we always are coaching our, our buyers and our sellers. We'll check in with you in about two weeks. We'll check in with you, you know, uh, two or three times. But if you're not hearing from us, that's probably a good thing. So, right. so, <laughs> so, so once the buyer has mortgage commitment, then then what, what, what are you guys doing? Well, the, the, then the transaction really starts gathering steam. So we've approved from the contract. From your perspective, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. So the, we've approved the contract. We've gotten over the hurdles of any uh, contingencies such as inspection. Uh, while that's going on, the seller's attorney is working on ordering the title search, the survey, et cetera. That is all sent over to the buyer's attorney. It may be around the same time that the mortgage commitment is issued. Then the buyer's attorney is going to review that title work, make sure everything looks good in the chain of title. People are often surprised at how many title issues do come up at that point, but um, they do, and we deal with them. We've seen a lot of them. Then once the title review is complete, we coordinate with the bank, with the lender's attorney, with the seller's attorney in this case, and schedule a closing. Once the closing's scheduled, we can uh, prepare adjustments, get final numbers to the buyer. The buyer is then told how much to bring in the form of a certified check to the closing. And we sit down at the closing table, go through all the closing documents, make sure everything looks good, and get the buyer on their way. Mark, I think you mentioned this on the podcast last week about any attorney can close a a clean deal. Yep. But the mark of a good attorney is being able to navigate when it may not be so clean and and issues arise. Right. I mean, I've, I've experienced this for 30 years, and it's just astounding. There is a problem with a contract, and it's going to fall apart. I've seen Mark because he practices this day in and day out, and he's very good at what he does. He just swoops in and just takes care of it because he knows he knows the law and he knows he knows how to handle these these issues. So, and that's very kind of you. Thank you, Mark. Um, I think a lot of it too comes with with doing it, and when you're doing multiple transactions over the years, uh, you get to know the tricks, you get to know the players, and a lot of times it, it, it's work and relationships with whether it be other attorneys, with lenders, with other agents, to make sure that things get smoothed over. And then there's tricks for clearing up title. We recognize people's handwriting that might have signed a deed 15 years ago. Oh, wow. And know how to track them down. And and that's the kind of stuff that a clean deal, you're never going to notice it. But when something comes up, that's kind of the value added. There is one agent in town, and I'm not going to mention any names, but... We both Mark and I have through the years realized that it's all sweetness and light, and then there's suddenly a request ten days before closing. Like uh, my client just wants to walk through to take measurements for furniture, and initially, like, okay, great, you got a mortgage commitment. There aren't any more contingencies. Great, go ahead, measure, um, and uh, and then we'll close in a week and a half. And then what ends up happening is this particular agent then holds, tries to hold the seller uh, uh, hostage by suggesting that there is a cracked whatever window pane. We want $10,000, otherwise we're not closing. I mean, and, and this wow. is... And we've had that, yes. And, and, and I, I know exactly who you're talking about. And we've been down this road enough. Wow. There again, 
recognizing what we can anticipate. And you only get to the point where you know, like, mm-hmm. okay, I was burned once. I am not going down that road again with this guy. Mm-hmm. And he tries it and he tries it and tries it. That's the kind of thing that an experienced attorney will be able to recognize and say, no, no, we're, we're, we're not allowing you through. And an experienced agent. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, there we go. You brought something up uh, a little bit ago talking about people that are, are you know coming from different states or different areas. One of the things that I've noticed, and I wanted to ask you about this because it's it's very interesting to me, of how different areas can operate that are seemingly very close, as close for us as Buffalo or Syracuse, for example. And, and I've I've done a, a couple of deals now where they were there was parties that were involved in other areas, and it, it made things a little more complicated. And it, it's just interesting to me that there's not a universal way to go about it. I, I would agree, Corey. And, and, and I've done this for many, many years, and it still amazes me how different the local customs are. Rochester's different from Syracuse, which is different from Buffalo. And then you can factor in downstate, which is completely different from everywhere else upstate. And I think part of doing your job is knowing those local customs. Um, I don't get involved with, with deals outside of, say, the general Rochester area, occasionally Syracuse or Buffalo, but I at least know what to expect in everyone's roles in, in the transaction, and, and they're completely different. Now, downstate, I, I don't even touch because I'll be the first to admit I don't know anything about how they do it down there. It's completely different, and you know I wouldn't be doing clients or agents any service handling transactions. It, it, it is interesting if we very oftentimes, well, not very oftentimes, but occasionally we'll have somebody moving here from Manhattan or the tri-state region. And this young woman's father or uncle is you know, an M&A attorney with Skadden Arps, mm-hmm. and they're going to do Susie a favor by closing the real estate transaction. And all of a sudden, the contract comes back with the approval, and it's six pages long, and there are all sorts of things. You know, they're litigating the contract, and you know, we're not going to allow this transaction to move forward unless... The uh, the co-op board blah 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 blah. And like we we what? don't have yeah. we, yeah. we don't have co-op boards. Right? What are you what are you talking about? So, so those are the kinds of. But but also I think Mark, w- would you agree that so many of these these contracts need to be filed with the clerk's office? So a lot of the customer and tradition is is, is um, defined by how it is that the, the individual clerk's office are proceeding. How is it that you go about filing? Well, it, it, exactly. So so when the transaction occurs, we're recording deeds and mortgages and things like that, and in every local clerk's office has their own set of rules and you dance to their tune and you should know what to expect if you're dealing with Monroe County versus Ontario and what you can and can't do and what's required of each because they're all different. They all have different fees and procedures. And then thankfully, I think we really only have to contend with two county clerks. Uh, One would be Ontario County and then Monroe County. Uh, Otherwise, we really, and very few agents contend with or deal with. But but, but not, not only do you have that as an issue, but also you want to order survey and title documents, you know who the guys are locally who are going to be able to get the survey and the title document. It goes back to, you know, uh, Corey, your, your, recurrent, yeah, your recurrent theme, you know, having your your uh, pact, your your army around you. Um, but if you're calling to order survey and title documents for somebody in Tioga County, I mean, who the hell, you know, pick up the yellow pages and, you know, and put your finger, you know, and, and hope for the best. It, exactly. And we certainly have our list in the office of who to use and, and also who not to use in some of those outlying Oh, areas. I just got burned by an appraisal. Boy, I'm telling you, I, like, I'm adding the guys. 
a name to your do not use list. <laughs> oh, send it over. Man, uh, yeah. But it, it, it speaks to the nuance that is there. And again, why this is such an important decision. Because again, so on the surface, you think, yeah, whoever, whatever, no big deal, right? Like, no, you want to have the right people in place. Yeah. Have you seen much change? I was going to ask, have you seen much change in the past years? But obviously, as a result of COVID, um, do, do, you, do you see that the changes that have taken place are going to remain in force? Or do you think us that we're going to start to revert back to the way that things were uh, played out pre-COVID? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And I was talking to Robert earlier about that. And, and there have been some changes, and, and a lot of which were necessitated due to COVID. And all the things that we <clears throat> excuse me, always said we could never do, not only did we do them, but we continue to do them. So I, I think we've kind of evolved, and, and I think it's add, added some efficiencies to the system. So, for example, like a closing over a Zoom, for example. We, we see closings, Zoom closings, not as prevalent as we did when COVID was full-blown, but uh, we do see you know, virtual closings from time to time. Uh, a lot of times we're uh, limited now on who attends the closings. Sellers' attorneys generally do not attend the closings anymore. We have title companies doing e-recordings to move things along. Um, just a lot of the changes that were probably long overdue. Uh, we're seeing, uh, we're using um, uh, electronic copies of abstracts, and everyone's working off those as compared to the dusty old 60-year searches that everyone <laughs> insisted we had for the last 100 years. It is interesting that covid Back in the 70s, back in the 80s, when computers started to become, everybody talked about the fact that we were going to be a paperless society. And the reality is that we continue to print, you know, and kill off, you know, rainforests and, you know, in, in the Amazon for decades uh, thereafter. I think in the past year and a half, really, we, we are printing much, much, much less. I, I've, got a, I've got a printer in the office at home. I've been out of an ink cartridge for probably four months. I mean, I just, I, I just yeah, haven't right. printed anything. So, I, I, yeah, would you agree? We're seeing that. I think the the legal community is always slow uh, to oh, evolve. Luddites, oh dear God! <laughs> so we're, we we still have our stock in paper companies. Oh, there you go. All right. Any closing thoughts here? For, oh no, I, I was going to ask Mark one way because I always yeah. love this question. No yeah. matter who it is, that we're, what's the craziest oh, yeah. thing? Craziest thing that you've seen of, of, of late, uh, recently, or ever? Like, you got a good story for us? Uh, let's see. Craziness. Uh, this borderline is disgusting. But oh, I did, all right. I'm in. <laughs> so I had a client purchase a property years ago out in a rural county, and they um, complained that the wall was wet after closing. Oh, it, no. It turned out that the predecessors in title, their sellers, had a defective septic system. Oh, no. And what they were doing was they cut a pipe to run from the leach field back into their basement and let it get pumped out by their crockpot. <laughs> and what they did when they listed the property for sale was cut the pipe off outside the house, but the liquids were still coming up and saturating the basement wall. It's scary to think that that's how somebody lived. Um, wow. I, um, I that almost, was a stunner. I almost <laughs> respect the ingenuity <laughs> a little bit. Terrible, but it's a workaround. Wow. Well, thank you for 
sharing that one. <laughs> so so glad that I asked. I, uh, Mark's uh, not going to eat lunch I, I now. Yeah, it was discussed. Oh, That's true. Man. You did. Well, you thank did. you for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Well, there we have it. Mark Gunther, thank you so much for uh, taking some time and uh, jumping on the podcast with us. Thanks, guys. This was great. Absolutely. All right. So here's what I'm thinking for next week, Mark. Okay. Okay. Um, since things do appear to be slowing down a little bit, we're mm-hmm. seeing a lot of, I have to mention this. I'm not going to say who used the term, but there's an agent that I didn't end up writing an offer for my clients on this particular property, and they used the term survived delayed negotiations. Oh, yeah, yeah, lang- yeah, yeah. Which is such a great spin. Again, respect it. Um, but a lot of properties are surviving delayed negotiations mm-hmm. now, uh, which obviously the main reason for that is is to have delayed negotiations is to create bidding wars right. because that gets a higher price for your seller. Mm-hmm. So let's dive in a little bit because it's going to take a little more work if the market stays this way, to create those bidding wars. If we can. I mean, if if I, we I, even can. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if, if, if every property is any longer. Let's face it, back in you know, uh, April, May, four walls and a roof, bidding war. Exactly. Yep. D- didn't, didn't matter. Now I think that uh, buyers have the opportunity to be, perhaps become a bit more discerning. So may uh, may tap someone else on the team to come in and, and chat with us about this uh, topic as well. But that's what we're doing for next week. Uh, again, appreciate you listening. As always, subscribe, review, go to the website, markseewick.com. Yeah. Or, or call Corey. Yeah, 607-341-1230. Uh, absolutely. And uh, thank you so much for listening. It's Open House with Mark Seewick and Corey James Moran. 